I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey there. Ever wonder what happens to all those amazing screenplays that never make it to the big screen? Well, wonder no more. Welcome to Table Read Podcast, where we bring those undiscovered gems to life. Picture this. Talented actors giving incredible performances with the occasional laugh or blooper thrown in, produced by award-winning pros. From drama to comedy, TV pilots to feature films, there's something for everyone. And guess what? We release new episodes every week, so don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Table Read Podcast, where great stories finally get their chance to shine. and welcome back to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. If this is your first time tuning in, this is the show where I speak to fellow actors about their journey, and most importantly, they share an embarrassing or exciting or uh, upsetting audition story. This will be the last show of the year, um, and I'm, I'm actually very excited because I get two weeks off of the podcast and two weeks off from school. So I'm going to try and get some writing done and um, enjoy the holiday season with friends and family as much as I possibly can <laughs> without going insane. I might go insane with nothing to do. It might, it might go crazy. Um, but yeah. So today's episode will be the last until the new year. And with that said, I hope you all have a very, very beautiful holiday season, a safe new year. Remember, don't drink and drive. Call that Uber. It's worth it. And I hope you have the, um, the most beautiful time. Truly, I do. Today on the show, we have Crystal Lee Brown. You may know her from the web series Giants or her role as Sergeant King on Black Lightning. She's also been in Hidden Figures, Judas and the Black Messiah, and we're going to talk a little bit about her new show on Stars called Hightown. So here is my conversation with Crystal Lee Brown. And welcome to the show, Miss Crystal Lee Brown. Hi, how are you, Jillian? I'm doing so good. How are you? 
Amazing. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I um, am a big fan of Giants. I remember seeing it when it came out the first season, and it's just such a wonderful show. And you were nominated for an Emmy for it, which is so cool. Extremely, extremely. Super grateful for that and and love Giants. Uh, James Bland and everyone part of that team is just amazing. It's it's really a family. Giants is a family. It's so creative and it's so well done and so well made. And I think it really um, it really changes your perspective on what a web series can be because it was so, so good. You'd think that it was on HBO or Showtime. Yes, yes, for sure. Well, now it's on, uh, you, it's streaming on Chloe TV and a movie is in talks. Oh, hey. So, Giants, Giants is not over. Heck yes. We love to hear about that. Um, Tell me a little bit about how you got involved in that series, because it's, it's, again, one of my favorite web series that's ever been made. Oh, awesome. Um, Well, you know, I became a part of it through my friend, Will Catlett, who's a phenomenal actor. Um, He is a part of the, the project as well. And James Bland, the creator who plays Malachi, was looking for someone to play his sister. And he asked Will Catlett, who was directing the episode at the time, he said, I know the perfect person. I'm going to call my girl, Crystal. Will called me. He said, hey, my friend James is doing a web series. He needs you to play his sister. I referred you. This is the time we're shooting. This is where we're meeting at. And I just said, yes. I didn't know anything else. Yeah. (laughs) I literally, I'm there. What time you need me to be there? And the rest is history. And that leap of faith got you a nomination yes. for a daytime Emmy, which is, I Absolutely. mean, that just like, it goes to show you um, how important your connections are in the industry and staying friends with everybody that you work with because it pays off. Sure. Yes. Yes. It was, it was my yes. And it was someone else's no. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, in this business, we really have to be clear on what we say yes to and what we walk away from. But this was just a no brainer for number one. It was created by a black creative. It was telling our stories. Again, I didn't know anything about the script or anything. I think Will gave me like one or two sentences. (laughs) He gave me a log line and I was like, I'm there. It doesn't even matter. Um, But I just wanted to be a part of artists that was creating their own work. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm forever indebted to Will and for James for giving me the opportunity. I love that. Well, let's go back. You've had quite a long career and you've done some incredible films and television shows, but I want to know what got you started in the acting industry? What was that moment where you said, man, I need to do this. I want to be an actor. Yes. You know, it started really young for me. Um, My mother and I would watch the Sunday matinee movies uh, when I was a kid. And I didn't know anything about any movies, but that was the first time I saw uh, It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. It's the first time I saw Imitation of Life, Mm -hmm. The Bad Seed. And these are classic movies. And it was the very first time that I saw Mel Street on television. This was 1984. And Silkwood, if you haven't seen her in Silkwood, you have to watch it. And Denzel Washington and the George McKinnon story, mm. which was like Lean on Me 20 years before Lean on Me. Yeah. Um, and at the time, Merle and Denzel weren't household names, but I just remember watching two young actors that was telling this story in such a way that I was inspired. And I was mm. like, I want to do that. Fast forward now, we all know who the, yeah. those amazing people 
Yeah, but I was watching them in 1984, 85, and had no idea what I was watching, who I was watching, and how they would be a catalyst for for me doing what I do. Hmm. So what was that? What was that journey for you then from, you know, getting this inspiration as a kid? How did you translate that into your adult years? You know, I put it away for a long time because then I became fearful. Yeah. <laughs> I became fearful of, oh, you know, I have to share myself. I have to expose mm. myself. I have to be vulnerable, right? This is a craft that I really have to sink my teeth in. And when you're young, you're just like, I just want to have fun and I just want to play. So it really scared me in the beginning. Mm. And I allowed that fear to uh, manifest and it pushed me into a different career. So I was doing sports journalism because I love sports. And that was what I thought I was going to be doing, a sideline reporter. Um, So my degree is in sports journalism. My minor is in theater. I did study um, acting in theater in college, but it wasn't until I moved to New York Mm. after graduation. And I was like, okay, I'm in New York. There's a theater scene here. Maybe I should just, you know, start this all over again. Um, and, And that's where it became full circle to me. I was doing off, off, way off Broadway <laughs> theater. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was like, you know what? I, I started to feel it again. And I said, I'm not going to allow fear to stop me this time. I love that. That's and so I, inspirational. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I mean, it, it's true. It's This job is uh, terrifying and crazy and exhilarating and exciting. It's just, it's all the things. You never know when you're going to yeah. work next, but you're still like, I need to work, but you're like, I want to work because I love doing it. Yes. And then it's just, you know, then you have to to share yourself with the world and expose things within you that maybe not even your closest friends have seen. Um, yes, for sure. So it, it's it's a difficult uh, job, and I I can understand why as a a young person you're like you were scared of it. I mean it's. It's difficult to put yourself out there in, in such a way, especially nowadays with, you know, how immediate responses are to, to media on the internet. Like it's, it's scary. Oh yeah. I'm so glad this wasn't around when I was coming up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think we dodged a bullet there. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> oh, yes. wow. Um, so what was like the first, uh, film or television show that you did that was the, you know, the, the one that kind of started the ball a little bit where you were like, okay, now I've, I've got my foot in the door and I can make things start to happen. Well, you know, it wasn't until I moved to LA, I've been in LA for 17 years. So when I first got here in 2005, I was super green you know, I think a lot of actors, you know, our family and friends encourage us to to chase our dreams and move to LA and become an actor. Yeah. And you're so talented. But then when you get here, it's a whole new different ball game, right? You have to learn the business. You have to understand the lay of the land, all of that. So when I first got here, um, just like other actors, I just hit the ground running, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and my first project that I did that got me my SAG card was the Eve show, the rapper Eve, um, years oh, wow. about almost 20 years ago, she had her own television show. And it was inspiring to me because Eve is also from Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm going to be on Eve. She's from Philly, all of that. And I got my first, I got my SAG card working that job. Um, 
And then prior to that, when I first got here, I was doing background work as every actor in the industry has done background work. And my first background job was 17 days on Dream Girls. Oh my gosh. Beyonce and Jamie Foxx. And I spent 17 days as a background actor on that movie. So just being there and seeing, I mean, Dream Girls is, is, amazing right Eddie Murphy like all of that I was like okay and that was my first background job I think I was only here a month wow and there was like a casting call like we need background actors for this new movie um and it was there in those 17 days I was like okay I'm in I'm I I can do this I'm 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 in the right atmosphere because Mm -hmm. I was surrounded by so many talented artists and to be able to watch uh those household names. I mean, that, that movie is so inspirational. It's a, it's a masterpiece. And to be able to uh-huh. watch them for that long and really take in everything that they were doing. I mean, that must've been so beneficial to you. Yes, for sure. Because I'm, you always have to be in the learning, uh, a, a learning arena mm-hmm. just because you're on set. I'm always, I want to know what everyone's job is. I want to know you know, okay, you control this, this group controls that, you know, you have to learn in front and behind the camera. So I took it as a, uh, a experience, Mm. not just, oh, I get to watch these amazing artists, but I get to see how we make a movie. Yeah. Right. I get to see direction. I get to see collaboration. Um, so that, that was why I was there. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about working on Hidden Figures. I absolutely adored that movie. I like after I watched it, it's one of those movies where you're like, oh man, I can do anything. I'm going to go conquer the world. Like you watch it and you just have like all that like bubbling of excitement and inspiration when you leave the theater and you're like, okay, let's go do things. Um, yes. So what was it like being on that set? It was amazing. You know, the fact that I went all through school and college and never had heard the story of Katherine Johnson and the amazing female, black female mathematicians who, you know, had a had a a, a huge uh, impact in NASA, never learned it. Mm-hmm. So first it was that, wow, I get to retell this story of people, women, powerful women, where mm-hmm. during the time it was unheard of. Mm-hmm. Right. And they dealt with everything that they were going through at the time. And it was just working with Taraji and Octavia and Janelle, Ted Melfi, the director. Everyone was on their A game. Mm-hmm. So, again, I'm working, but I'm also learning. I'm also watching. I'm also being just inspired by being in the company, again, of artists that are telling telling amazing stories. And my lane has been that genre of yeah. period pieces and real stories um, that, you know, a lot of people haven't heard of and being able to tell that story has just been, it, it always going to hold a special place in my heart. Yeah. And that's such a, that's such a powerful place to be as an actor. I mean, I think that that, um, I think that's one of our most important roles as actors is being able to tell those true stories of people who, you know, we don't, we never heard of because, Mm-hmm. everybody was too focused on some something else um yes. so being able to tell those true stories it just it hits different I feel like it just feels so um so beyond ourselves yes for sure absolutely 
And then you recently we did. We can just turn it on and be educated. I'm sorry. No. Nope. The fact that we can turn it on and be educated. I have a 10-year-old daughter mm-hmm. and she loves hidden figures. You know, I had bought the book for her and she's like, mommy, you were in this movie. So now oh. another generation of young girls can see that you can do anything. That math oh. is cool. That science is cool. That space is cool, right? Um, and and there has been a lineage a lineage of women who've come before you that has already laid the blueprint mm-hmm. down for you that you, you can follow in those footsteps as well. Oh my gosh, I love that. That's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> you can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and you were also in, I mean, one of the, I think, best films to come out recently, which is Judas and the Black Messiah. Holy Lord. How? Yeah. I mean, that movie is... is uh, shocking to watch it's one of those films Mm -hmm. where you're like oh wow what did I just witness um how was it for you working on such a a heavy story yeah again a true story right that a lot of people didn't know didn't Mm -hmm. didn't understand the movement and how important chairman Fred Hampton was to the revolution right Mm -hmm. um and I wasn't able to work on the film as long as I liked. I was only there for a few days. Um, but what I was able to experience and witness and see, again, just gave me, uh, was so inspiring and gave me more insight into uh, my history, my ancestors' history, why we do what we do, where we are in this world today, and why it's imperative to speak up against injustices and all of those things. Um, and working with that phenomenal cast, 
watching them Stunning work. Cast. I mean, I'm like, I'm just here to watch. <laughs> I'm just here to watch and learn and 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 grow yeah. um, and educate myself as well because I didn't know the whole story of Chairman Frank Hampton as well. Yeah, I mean, you've been a part of some incredible true life stories of some, I mean, game changers in our history. And that is so epic. I mean, I think that's like every actor's wish and dream. Yes, for sure. It's still my wish and dream. I'm like, okay, I want to do more of this. I want to do more of this, you know? What would be like the story of your dreams that you'd be able to tell? A true story? Yeah. We're just, oh, Oh, wow. I got to think about that. True story. Hmm. I got to think about that. I'll, I'll have an answer for you by the end of this. That's, we'll come back to it. Yeah, a true story. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about the show that you're on right now, High Town on yes. Stars. You play Janelle yes. and season two is going right now. Tell me everything. Tell me the, the plot of season two. Tell me how your character fits in, what that process has been like. Yes. So I play Janelle, a physical therapist in the correctional facility. Um, I gain trust with my patients, one being uh, Osito, who's played by Atkins Esteban, um, who's in jail as a you know criminal working alongside the cops. But my job is just to get him better. Mm. Um, but in doing that, we uh, become friends mm. and uh, I, I, I take a liking to him. Oh, <laughs> and, I take a liking to, I think we take a liking to each other. Um, but again, there's this barrier of, of work, mm. right? Um, so watching my character navigate uh, that. And Hightown is a compelling crime drama. I mean, it follows our star, Monica Raymond, is amazing. Mm. Um, and it follows her journey through sobriety, addiction, redemption. And it goes, it, it follows a murder that all of the characters are intertwined in in some way and trying to get to the bottom of it by also watching Monica deal with her indiscretions and her, you know, her demons and all of that. So it's just a phenomenal thing. And it's led by women. Mm. So the fact that there's a female writer, right? Rebecca Cutter, female producers, female leads, it's just phenomenal. So to be a part of Star's show is I couldn't ask for anything better. They're great. That's so cool. What um what was the audition process like for for that show? Um self-tape, you know, we're in the yeah. world of self-tape, so I, I got the audition and um I just, you know, did what we do. I, I watched the show. Well, I binge watched season one <laughs> because I, I wasn't familiar with the show. So the first episode, I think within like the first five minutes, my mouth was on the floor. I was like, Okay, yeah, this show is intense, and I binged the whole season, <laughs> and I was able to get a feel of the world and um, the characters. Put my audition on tape, and I think like two weeks later, I got a call to um, log on to Zoom for a, a chemistry <laughs> read with Osito and uh, Atkins, and um, I went back to the season one to now, you know find more things that I can find out about Atkins because he's my, my, my friend and my love interest Mm. in this show. So, uh, yeah. And what I did, it was so funny. I was like, Oh, I'm just going to make him my screensaver. So I literally put a a screensaver of him, um, like the day before, just so, you know, you got to connect 
poetry. I was like, that's what I'm going to do. So my husband was like, so yeah, you just, you just have Osito on your your screensaver. Honey, it's for the craft. It's okay. It's for the craft. It's for the work. Um, But yeah, he was great. Everyone was great. That was on the call. And um, I think I found out that day that uh, I was going to be Janelle. It's pretty wild Mm -hmm. how the the pandemic and the rise of self-tapes have changed how quickly the process goes now. I feel like everyone Mm -hmm. I've talked to recently, the process has been a lot quicker and a lot more streamlined. I mean, back in the day, a role like that, it would have taken at least like two callbacks and then a chemistry read. I mean, it would have been Mm -hmm. far more drawn out. For sure. And the world is, listen, I love self-tapes. I own a self-tape studio called iTape LA in LA. So I coach and tape actors all the time. Um, So the the craft of that and the tech, you know, the technicality, and it's what we have to have on our tool, in our tool bag as artists, right? Mm -hmm. There are a lot of actors who, you know, I know there's this love-hate relationship with self-tapes, but, you know, if you look at it as we have to tell this story in this frame, right? I'd look at it like it's pictures up. Yeah. This is the tape. This is you on set. It is what it is. Um, but I think it challenges us and it pushes us to to really get a handle on our craft better. Um, the self tape. I, so I mean, I love it. yeah, I think that's very true. And I think the um, what I was told, I don't know, a few months ago uh, was to even if you're not going to a studio to have somebody tape it with you, like a studio that you own, if you're just making mm-hmm. your friend do it with you or or a sibling, um, yeah. is to still set that time and say, I have an audition at noon and I'm going to go film that audition at noon and like yeah. not obsess over how many takes you do or anything else because it's so it's human to to have flubs and not be absolutely perfect. For sure. For sure. And I think that's that's where we can play. Mm-hmm. Right. I love going in the room. Don't get me wrong. But the room creates this other type of anxiety for actors, right? Um, and I think with the self-tape, you're doing it at home. You're doing it with a friend. Yes, we don't have that connection with casting and all that. But we create that connection through our work. Right. That's how we have to connect with them, which is the same in the room. In the room, they're taping you in the room. In the room is a self-tape. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you know, what actors have to understand as well is this self-tape, is going to be viewed by 20 different people. It's not just at the helm of the casting director, right? This this tape has to be good enough to now the producers and the directors looking at them. The network has to look at it and approve, mm-hmm. right? So when you look at it from that uh, point of view, it's like, oh, wow. It's Let big. me always put my, my, my best work yeah. into it and not feel like, oh, it's a cell tape. I could just throw Coast. a tape in some hair. Yeah. Um, speaking of the room on this mm-hmm. show, we like to share audition stories. Uh, those can be ones that have gone awry, um, sad ones, funny ones, happy ones, the one that uh-huh. got away. Uh, uh-huh. are there any stories or story that you would like to share with our listeners? Yeah, this was years ago. This hasn't ha- this only happened one time, <laughs> um, but I mean, literally when I first got here within like the first year or so, I had an audition but a huge casting director, which I won't name. Um, <laughs> he's phenomenal though. And, you know, I was nervous. It was a big audition. I believe it was even like for a series regular. And, you know, there was a lot of pages and 
to the best of my knowledge, I was prepared, but you know, you get that moment in the room where you're not sure of the line and you Mm -hmm. have to look down and that was happening. And it was in one part, right? One section of the sides. I just, I had to like keep going. And I remember we did, we had did a take or two and she said, Crystal, you know it, just put the paper down. Like, you know it. And I was like, okay, you're right. I know it. So I put it down on the, on the, on the little side table that was like right here and we're in the scene and we're getting to this part and I know that I don't know it. And the camera is taping me. She's there. And I'm like, and I literally like leaned and got, (laughs) it was like the Michael Jackson lean and smooth criminal when you're like, just trying to get the line. Basically on the floor. Just, I didn't get the part, <laughs> but it. I I didn't walk away crying and kicking myself neither. I was like, I need to do more work. Mm. I need to put in an extra hour. Yeah, right. I needed to 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 you know find another way or a system for me to not. What was it about this part that I wasn't connecting to that I didn't mm-hmm. feel that you know I was confident in or whatever it was. So it gave me the tools to reevaluate my process yeah. and reevaluate how I approach the material. So, and deal with my nerves and anxiety because that was also a part of it as well. Yeah. I, I was watching a, um, I think it was a Tom Holland interview randomly the other day. And he was saying how somebody had told him, um, especially when it comes to auditions and whatnot, that you should turn your anxiety into excitement. So if you mm-hmm. start to feel that like anxious, like nervousness within you just think of it as excitement and sit instead of nervousness and it'll change you know kind of how you present yourself and how confident you are in yourself and that's I mean that's number one when you enter the room is you need to be confident in what you can do and what you're bringing yes absolutely that that's that's half of the that's 90 percent of the job really yeah it's oh this actor is comfortable and confident in herself and her work, mm-hmm. right? Or his work. So yes, always be able confident. Because it goes back to if you don't believe in yourself, then nobody else is going to believe that you're that person either. Absolutely. Absolutely. But that's a hard, that, it, it, it's hard for artists, right? It's hard. To, yeah. To, to accept that and, and lead with that. I know I've, I've been there. So, you know, And we're human. So that's going to come up again. We aren't going to feel confident Mm -hmm. on certain opportunities. You know, fear is going to enter the room. Nervousness is going to kick in, right? But how do we deal with that? How do Mm -hmm. we, like you said, translate that into the work? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's crazy to me that we all choose this lifestyle. (laughs) (laughs) We're just like, yeah, I'm just going to, I'm just going to continually make myself anxious and nervous and it's going to be great. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, I've had such a pleasure talking to you. You are such a joy. Thank and you. I I am so inspired by the incredible pieces of art that you have brought so much life to. Thank you. Thank it's, you. It's really a joy. And I cannot wait to see what you do next. I am praying for that Giants movie as a super fan over here. Um, yes. <laughs> and uh, thank you again. How can people follow you on social media uh, so they can keep up with all of your stuff? Yes. Uh, all across the board. It's at Crystal Lee Brown. So Facebook, easy peasy. Instagram, Twitter, 
and I can't keep up with anything else. So (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's enough. Like that's so many things that I have to keep up with. Yes. Yes. But all three of those I'm on there. I'm active. So yes. Amazing. Well, thank you again so much for for coming on the show and everybody should be watching Hightown on stars. And I look forward to whatever it is that you shine in next. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jillian. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks again to Crystal for coming on the show and spending some time with me. Make sure you tune into Hightown on Stars, 9 p.m. on Sundays. I believe there's two episodes left. So get to it and catch up now. You should go do that. Anyway, I hope you all have a great holiday. We will be back January 6th. If you want, go follow us on social media and uh, check out all the cool stuff that we post. Those links are in the show notes. If you haven't done so already, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to it right now and uh, hit those rate, review, and like buttons. And as always, thanks for coming in. Have you ever watched a futuristic sci-fi movie and wondered, but wait, could any of this really happen? And will I live long enough to see it? That's what our show Hypothetical is about. I'm Carrie Bechet, and on this podcast, we ask what-if questions about the future. Like, what if we could read minds? What if the world's digital data was erased all at once? What would happen if the Yellowstone supervolcano erupted? Then we explore that question two ways, through speculative science fiction and through dialogue with brilliant scientists. The result is a genre-bending narrative that's interwoven with real facts provided by literal geniuses. And, spoiler alert, a lot of the science fiction out there, it's not nearly as far-fetched as you might think. Come time travel with me into the future on Hypothetical. New episodes on Tuesdays available on all your favorite podcast apps. Just search Hypothetical. That's H Y P E R T H E T I C A L.